from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Today I'm joined by Simon Smart, and Simon is the founder and lead coach of Warrior Protocol. He studied law in college while working security jobs and fighting in karate tournaments on the nights and weekends. After moving to Osaka, Japan and studying a selection of traditional martial arts alongside rigorous spiritual and manhood training, he went on to train thousands of soldiers in close quarter survival skills. He moved to the United States to raise a family, but setting aside who he had become led to a major battle with depression. Warrior protocol training was born from his struggle and being forced to reconfigure all his previous training away from the combat warrior and guide it more towards the entrepreneur. What's happening, Simon? Hey, Zephan. Nice to see you, brother. Thank you for having me on. I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, man. Looking forward to talking with you. Thank you for being here. I really wanted to chat with you as soon as I saw your story because uh, I always see people going through, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever it is in their life. And I was there when I was 13. So at such a young age, having witnessed that myself, uh, you know, I've really seen how bad it can get. Uh, And you can imagine for people who, once they're older, have families and all these obligations, I'm sure it's not much better. Um, so I was curious to hear just a little bit more of your story. It sounds like you've got an amazing background uh, in training, you know, guys ready for combat. Uh, and it sounds like you've moved it now towards, you know, guys who want to fight life and actually get the most out of it, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, what I'm doing with Warrior Protocol is drawing on a lot of the experiences and training that I've had uh, in really the last 20 years. You know, like you mentioned, living in Japan. Uh, having the opportunity to train thousands of soldiers right before they deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, essentially in uh, skills of how to stay alive when things are going badly for them in combat. And as I moved forward in my life and started to get more involved in in business and entrepreneurship and really having having that experience that, that you and I are both sharing in that sense, I discovered that there was a lot of value in the lessons that I had uh, either learned or had inflicted on me by life that were very, just very beneficial to, um, to, to men who are stepping out on their own, running businesses, and just dealing with all the challenges and struggles that come along with that. Yeah, and I mean, I know firsthand that I've had plenty of struggles just ever since starting uh, my own business, but I mean, why do you think, it, I, I always have to ask this, why do you think that we have it just seems like there's so much more of this in the world now, like so much more depression, so much more uh, as far as, you know, medical and psychological issues go. Why do you think that this seems to be increasing? Well, that's a big question. I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons. I think, you know, society has shifted to where there's at least a, a little bit more of an ability to even have a conversation about this. You know, my, I feel a little bit like my father's generation. You know, if we, if we were back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, Stefan, you know, you and I would not really be open enough to even talk about the challenges that we were having in our own internal inner life. And I think that's really beautiful that that's starting to come to the surface. But I also think that there, uh, there are more challenges. You know, we live in a, a world which is so fast-paced and there's so much information, so many challenges coming at us every day that I think, honestly, we're under more pressure and more stress than we've ever been before in human history. I mean, I, not to get too deeply into this, but obviously we have a flight, fight, fight response which is designed to go off once in a while, you know, maybe once every couple of days, and it has you know, all kinds of uh, hormonal, chemical effects. And we find ourselves, uh, if we allow ourselves to, to be stressed out, if we allow ourselves to have all the external factors affecting us like they want to, you know, we, we can be firing off that stress response all day, every day. 
which over time will have effects on your health, you know, your weight, your, your psychology, and, and ultimately how effectively you show up in your life. Yeah, and I'm guessing that with uh, a lot of these soldiers that are prepping for war, especially like, you know, when you were training close quarters, survival skills, you're training them to be able to sense when stuff's coming, you know, in a split second, as opposed to in life, we never really know when it's going to happen. And most of the time, we're not always prepared for it. So have you found that a lot of what you learned just with your background in, in you know, self-defense and fighting and, and things like that, has that really applied to life too, even when you're not necessarily fighting another person, you're fighting, you know, a situation? Absolutely. You know, really, when you're training soldiers, when you're training yourself for severe situations, um, you become very, very, very aware of your own internal response. Because if you're not aware of your response, it becomes impossible to ever have the chance of controlling it and therefore showing up effectively. So yeah, you want to, uh, you want to increase your awareness so you can be left to bang. What that means is you know, being ahead in the perception curve of having a little bit of an ability and awareness to see things coming. Now obviously that's, uh, that's very cut and dry, very black and white in a physical combat situation. One of the challenges with life is that things can be a little bit more subtle. And we also become very, very good at pretending that things are going well, pretending that the threats that are hanging over us aren't there because they're not, you know, threats to life and limb. Um, and because we, we have that amazing skill of, of ignoring things that are challenges, um, they can eventually creep back up on us. And, you know, we're talking about depression, that was an experience that I had, um, kind of jumping, I guess, midway into my, my story here. But... I've been training in martial arts for a long time, living all over the world, and, and that, that warrior mentality was really how I was showing up in my life. I mean, for a while there, I would show up 6 a.m., have 150 soldiers come down to spend their day with me, uh, showing up in full gear, helmets, Kevlar, weapons, rucksacks, and I essentially had 10 hours to try to transmit to them as much uh, useful information as I could uh, unleash on them, not just in terms of physical skills, but, you know, I... That class, really, the first hour and a half was a lot of uh, talk about mindset and who are you? How do you identify yourself? Do you walk in as a soldier or do you walk in as a warrior? And what is the difference in those two ways of how you view your own experience? And, you know, really those kinds of uh, lessons were, were, were a big part of what I was doing then. Then what happened was I moved a little on a little bit on, on with my life. I got married. We had a little boy. And that was exactly when the economy crumbled here in the U.S. In fact, I moved here and got married the last couple of weeks of August 08. And it was the first couple of weeks of September when the economy just blew up. So the, the job that I was expecting to step into when I moved here from the U.K. evaporated. Suddenly, for the first time in my life, I wasn't just struggling to provide for myself, but I had all the extra stress of providing for, uh, for others. And it was, it was a little much. It was just something I'd never really prepared myself for. And so that led me into uh, taking jobs where I was successful. You know, I was, uh, I was a sales consultant for one of Google's largest national partners. So I was working with business owners, um, you know, a similar field to you in some senses, and winning, uh, winning national awards, you know, President's Club, trips, all those things. So on the surface, it looked like things were going well. You know, I was making money. But it was so out of alignment with who I really was inside that eventually that inevitably caught up with me and I had an experience where I was on a trip to Australia uh, should have been a wonderful experience and out of nowhere with no history of anxiety no history of depression it just smacked me right in the chest 
uh, to the point that I couldn't even function for a couple of days. You know, I remember I, I flew back. It's a long, long way from Australia to Arizona, and I had to buy, I think, the trashiest science fiction novel ever written. I had to have, have my head in this crappy book the whole way home because it was the only way I could find to not be in my head and not be suicidal. Um, and then what happened was I, I, I connected with a friend of mine who had been dealing with these exact same issues for his entire life. So he, had, uh, he knew the game, he knew, knew how it worked, he knew how to self-manage himself, and he became a little bit of a mentor for me and helped me to you know, navigate, you know, should I take medication, should I not, you know, should I go for cognitive therapy, what tools can I use to self-manage in this, in this place. Because the irony was that I had all these tools of you know, many years of Qigong and, and meditation, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get the pieces that I'd, I'd gotten inside of myself to, to fit together properly. And then this guy who was helping me, I got a phone call. He'd gone into his, his garage, uh, or garage, as I know Americans <laughs> like me to say. He went into his garage and uh, shot himself in the head. And that was game over for him. And, you know, obviously, really, really sad moment. But at the same time, it was just a massive wake-up call for me that this, this depression, this anxiety, that a lot of, a lot of guys especially – we take this view that it's something that we can just deal with, we can just kind of push it aside, ignore it, it's not something I can't overcome. And I recognize in that moment that this is actually something that kills people. This is a serious, serious, serious thing. And after that I just became a complete maniac about nutrition and neuropharmacology and figuring out how to use my meditation in more effective ways, how do I show up better, NLP, hypnotherapy. And really that set me on a course to where, you know, it's been years now since I had a bad day and I have the absolute privilege now, absolute honor of, um, of helping men, not necessarily just men who are dealing with that, but, you know, I, I find that almost all my clients deal with anxiety or something in some way and while I would never wish that experience on anyone, it really has given me gifts of, of understanding that I can actually be of service to others, so... Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure that from you know having experienced that, you know, you you probably know what it's like, and it's so hard to explain to people who haven't experienced panic attacks or anything like that, what it really feels like. Because I remember personally, just from when I was a teenager and going through it, I mean, I literally had to like plug my ears up with my fingers and go like sit in a corner and rock back and forth. Like I cannot yeah. deal with any external sound. My throat felt like it was closing up. I mean, I thought I was dying. And and so this is not something that is uh, you can just say, like, I'm just going to ignore it and it's going to go away. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of tools and things that you learn over time that help you deal with it. And uh, much like you, I mean, I haven't really experienced a, a bad day in a very long time. Good for um, you. So what does the warrior protocol training uh, provide to people like what sort of tools or resources do they get from, you know, from doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Let me, let me actually take a little step back from that. And I, I wanted to, uh, let me explain this from the, the idea of life prescriptive, which is what we're really talking about today. Um, you know, I found a lot of my life was, was, was somewhat scripted itself in good ways and bad ways. And I was, you know, the thing is, you're always to some degree along for the ride. You can plan and, and then things sometimes go the way you want and sometimes unexpected and miraculous things happen. But one of the things that um, I, I learned is that when you really engage yourself with this warrior mentality, which is really the core of what I train on, 
it's really the ultimate way of putting yourself at cause in your life and becoming the writer rather than just the uh, the actor or the viewer. And really, you want to do all those roles, I guess. But the warrior mentality, I think, at its core, is about how do you view yourself and how do you view life. So if you view life as you know a struggle or just you know a career and you're just going down the same path as everyone else purely because everyone else is going down that path you know that's almost herd mentality at, at its finest um, what if a warrior saw his life more as a quest and the beautiful thing about viewing your life as a quest is that it becomes simply a path of experiencing yourself in the universe and really carving away at yourself to bring as much of your, your pure infinite beingness, your full potential warrior self into the world to express it in a way that gives you an amazing life and also gives you the opportunity through your showing up with your full being to be of service to as many other beings as possible. So that's this concept of, of life is not meant to be a struggle, it's meant to be a quest. And then, you know, the other conversation I have with, with a lot of the guys that I work with, you know, when we're onboarding, it's really around the idea of how do we identify ourselves? And, and I have that conversation because what I found is that the, the, the identity tag that you label yourself with oftentimes will drive your behavior and therefore drive your results. And so, you know, most, most, of, uh, most of my close friends these days, and, and I'm guessing that a lot of the people who are listening to this probably label themselves as entrepreneurs in one way or another. And I think that's a beautiful label because of the, the larger opportunity and freedom that that gives you in your life. But what I've also found is that as soon as you label yourself as an entrepreneur, it does a few things. One, it naturally drives you towards potentially being a little bit of a workaholic. I mean, most entrepreneurs I know, because they're entrepreneurs, they feel they have to work, you know, 20 hours a day, seven days a week, which is great sometimes, but not as a permanent way of being. So if you start to shift your identity away from that and shift yourself into saying, like I do, you know, at my core, I am a warrior who also happens to be an entrepreneur, how does that change my behavior? Well. As an entrepreneur, does that require me to work on my physical body, my strength, my physical health every single day? Well, it helps an entrepreneur, but it's not an absolute non-negotiable requirement. Right. Versus if I identify as a warrior, it absolutely is. And you know, likewise, when it comes to working on mindset, my emotions, my being, how I manifest uh, energetically, um, not a requirement of an entrepreneur, absolutely a requirement of a warrior. You know, in, in my relationship, you know, building a safe physical and emotional space for my son, for my wife, and literally any people who are around me in public, in a room, you know, as an entrepreneur, I don't even think about that. As a warrior, I'm constantly making sure that the people around me are physically and emotionally safer so they can express more of themselves in the moment. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. As you identify more as a warrior, it opens up, on the one hand, more responsibilities. But the great thing about taking on more responsibility is taking on more responsibility puts you at cause and gives you more leverage and power in your life. It's definitely interesting to hear you say that because I've so when I was in college, I had a couple of friends that were training to become Green Berets. And one summer I decided that it would be a brilliant idea to go train with them every single morning, 
you know, and they're doing the craziest stuff. And uh, so I trained with them for a whole summer. And I know for a fact that that really gave me, you know, kind of this mentality underneath of everything that does push me a lot further than most people, you know, are willing mm. to go. Um, and even recently, I've gotten to certain points where I'll kind of stop in the moment and say, you know what, this is where most people quit. And the best part is I'm not going to. And, mm-hmm. and so I've definitely identified much more with that sort of mentality because I know that it's pushed me further than just saying I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, dot, 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 so what? Yeah, I mean, anybody who can sell something on eBay is an entrepreneur. They can make money. Uh, I saw an article recently that said you're not really an entrepreneur until you're actually willing to sell your business and start a different one and go on a completely different track. Um, I, I would probably argue to say that, you know, you're not really an entrepreneur unless you have that, that sort of mindset that you're talking about here, that sort of warrior mindset, because it's one thing to just, you know, sell a product or service. It's, it's another thing to really want to win at life and, and really take everything it has to offer. Absolutely. You know, I, I think I may have seen the same article and I, I had a similar response, you know, like anything in life, warrior, entrepreneur, most things really come down to your own interpretation. Um, there are very few things, I guess, father and husband are fairly well-defined. But, you know, we, we all have all these different roles. I, one of, if I could be a little controversial, you know, in our community of entrepreneurs, there are so many CEOs, right, chief executive officers. Um, that would imply that you're the chief of other uh, lesser executive officers. And it's amazing how many one-man bands or one-woman bands are CEOs. That's why on all my emails I... I thought long and hard, like CEO, owner, founder, and I was like, this is bullshit. I'm, I'm, if I label myself like that, there's a couple of reasons I'm doing it. One is because I don't feel confident about what I'm doing and I'm trying to puff myself up. The other is I want to impress other people because I have an impressive label. So if you ever get an email from me, all it says is warrior protocol lead coach because that's how I view myself. Uh, yes, I have a business, but the thing that I love and the thing that really fuels me is getting down deep in the trenches with the guys that I'm working with to try to do my very best to coach and mentor them to step up and embrace their power and do more in their lives. But it drives me a little crazy, I guess, when I see all these CEOs and, and, and founders when there's, there's nothing going on there. You know, they have an idea and they've done a little bit of implementation. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, I'm curious to hear what some of the things are that you actually work on with your clients. You know, is there any you know tips or techniques that you could recommend uh, as far as if we wanted to try and make the quickest change today in whether it's figuring out who we are or you know really uh, turning it into a life that we really want? Good, good question. You know what I mentioned before about working on those those four areas every day. You know, working on your physical health, nutrition, getting stronger, getting faster. Uh, working on your mentality by meditation, mindset, reading, education, uh, working on your relationships by really working on being more present and moving yourself out of the way so that that flow of experience with other people can be there. All those things are important. And when you make it a religious almost practice to do those things every day, after a few months, you'll be amazed at where you end up at. You know, I got, I got guys who uh, a few months ago uh, hadn't run, hadn't really worked out for years and years and years. Um, you know, I got reports this weekend, one of them ran 22 miles, one of them ran 17 miles. They didn't work up to it, they just learned how to get their mind right and do it. But I'll, I'll share with you something which a lot of people really like and uh, uh, this, this, this also does a great job of self-identifying people who are uh, my kind of people to work with. 
Um, there's a practice I've been using for years, which uh, is just very, very simple, very, very powerful. Uh, basically, when I wake up in the morning, I'm uh, all bleary-eyed and you know, still half asleep, and I stumble across our bedroom. I make it to the bedroom. I crank the shower to as cold as it will physically go, which uh, I, was, I was reflecting this morning. Unfortunately, right now in uh, 110 degrees in Arizona, I just can't get it as cold as I would like. Um, but yeah, I make this shower as cold as possible. And the interesting thing about this is when you jump in, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it before, there's always this moment of hesitation. <laughs> and and I, I, cold showers have all kinds of health benefits uh, in terms of circulation, uh, improving testosterone for men. Um, that's a side benefit for me. The real challenge here is to turn on the cold water, go to step in, and what you'll find is there's a little voice in your head. Your ego is right there saying, hey, Simon, um, just warm it up a little bit. Just be comfortable in your life. Just take the easy option. Just nobody will even know if you don't do this, right? And I hear that voice every morning, and then I say, well, tough to be you because I'm taking charge here. I'm willing to do hard things because I know that that will give me better results. So in I go, deep breath in. And then, you know, you get to have a good experience of your energy rushing up to the top of your body and using your breath to push it back down and to, to wrestle control of your body. But it's that, it's that taking control every morning and, and putting, your, your, you know, putting your ego on the ropes so that you can be in charge throughout your day. Um, really leading into uh, a really great quote I heard the other day, I which I'm, I'm stealing. Uh, in that discipline, people don't like discipline a lot of times. It's actually such an amazing, beautiful gift. But discipline is simply remembering what you want consistently. So, you know, when you, when you want to lose weight and you want to clean up your diet and suddenly it's Friday night and you find yourself halfway through a giant pizza, you basically forgot what was important to you. So discipline is just remembering. And so having that practice of a cold shower every morning I recommend anyone who listens to this, try it for a week and just notice how good you feel afterwards. Okay. I th I, you might have convinced me. I think I'll have to try this out and see, you know, how that works. Okay. It sounds like challenge accepted. So why don't you email me tomorrow morning and let me know how it went? I will do that. So Thank how about you. this? I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to make a note to make sure that I do this. And I'm going to say cold shower. And um, I will make a note to email you as well. Beautiful. And what you might find, if you get it cold enough, after a couple of minutes, it might start even to feel warm as your body acclimatizes to it. And then you know you're really set up for the day. Yeah. And, and I kind of know what it feels like before because in the past I've competed in the Tough Mudders. So mm -hmm. I, I did a Tough Mudder <laughs> once. And I'll tell you what, I will never forget this one obstacle because they filled a huge Holloway dumpster with ice and water and they covered it with barbed wire and you had to jump mm -hmm. in one side, swim to the other and get out the other side. And you had no chance to come up for air or anything because it's covered in barbed wire. Yep. And the second I hit that water, every muscle in my body just said, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I made it through and, uh, you definitely, it really, you get this hypersensitive alertness. That, that comes out of it. And that's something that I don't have in the morning. I know that, mm. you know, the first hour of my morning is kind of like, don't talk to me. This is my quiet time. So maybe that'll change that for me. Yeah. And, you know, what you're tapping into there, you know, I'm a big fan of Tough Mudder. I've done a couple myself. I, I love them. I've taken other people through them. 
And, you know, it's such an empowering experience to be able to go through those things. Um, and, you know, with, with the ice bath, there, there are a number of uh, cultures where they use things like uh, freeze shock therapy, if you will, to actually access entirely uh, higher states of being, states of consciousness uh, without having to take LSD. And, you know, those, those experiences that you have through, through, uh, through those kinds of practices, they're available to you all day, every day. Um, the downside is, you know, it's easy to get trapped, it's easy to get addicted to practices like that. But if you learn that you have that capacity, you have that incredible infinite power and presence inside of yourself, it's always available if you just remember that it's there and learn over time how to tap into it. And, you know, when you take all that power, all that presence, and, and then start to channel it into the very basic, very simple practice of entrepreneurship, it's amazing what happens. So let me ask you this, because I'm sure this goes back to the discipline thing. And, and I'm sure you've seen this before in some of your clients. I'm willing to bet that not every single one of them can stay with it right from the get-go. Like, I'm sure you have some guys where it's like they get to day two or day three, and they're like, man, like, I messed up. You know, I skipped a day, or I, I said, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And they mm -hmm. kind of get off track. How do you get mm -hmm. them back on track again? Uh, good question. Yeah. Now, first thing uh, is I expect it. Um, you know, all the guys that I work with, you know, when they come to me, they're usually fairly high performing. They're getting results in a couple of areas of their life, but they're still, they're still not fully put together, if you will. So essentially, you know, I like to simplify things. You know, there's that warrior practice of cutting away all the bullshit. Uh, apologies for swearing on your show, but, you know, you sh shouldn't have invited me on in the first place if that was a problem. <laughs> so it's, it's cutting away all the bullshit and really getting down to the core of it, which is, we're all battling our ego. And whenever that voice, you know, just like with the shower practice, that voice pops up and says, you don't need to run today, you can run tomorrow. It's all the same stuff. And, and really, the first, the first part of, uh, you know, the, the first rule of battle, if you will, is knowing when you're in one. I'll say that again, it's important. The first rule of battle is knowing when you're in one. So when you know you're in one, and you know that voice is going to pop up, sometimes it's going to win, sometimes you're going to win. So it doesn't, really, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose at, at that level. What matters is that tomorrow you're going to get up and do it again. And that's why, again, you're coming back to those, those four basic areas of your life and working on them every day. The, the great thing is that some days, you know, in, in your fitness, in your spirituality, in your business, in your relationships with your family and your loved ones, sometimes you're firing on all cylinders and your results are off the charts. And sometimes it's just not working. You know, the dots are just not connecting. I'm going to the gym and I'm just having a hard time getting into it. You know, I did 15, 20 minutes of meditation and I was just kind of sitting there bored. I wasn't dropping in. I wasn't locking in. Um, you know, I, I worked a lot on my business, but I felt like I was spinning my wheels and I took my wife out on a date night. So I did the work, but we got into an argument and it sucked. Okay. So are you going to get up tomorrow and work on those four areas again? Yeah. Simple. Keep it yeah. simple. So, so it's okay to, to have those times where, you know, I guess every day isn't going to be perfect, right? And it's like what really matters is whether or not you get up and try it again. Life is not a struggle. Life is a quest. So on quests, there are going to be days of progress. There are going to be days where you go backwards. There are going to be days of clarity, and there are times when you're lost in the dark forest. And that's all just part of the experience. And it doesn't matter. As long as over a long enough time frame... You're moving forwards. Yeah. Do you ever keep any sort of uh, thoughts or people in mind when you are pushing through some of these situations? Like, do you ever go back to 
whether it's an event in your life or, you know, maybe a vision of having seen someone at their happiest point or whatever it is uh, when you're hitting, you know, the toughest times? Well, you know, I, actually, I go the other way. I look to how bad, how much worse could it be, right? You know, a, a crappy day in business, you know, where things were just not working out. Um, nobody was shooting at me today. I didn't have entire trained groups of guys trying to end my life, right? So it could definitely be worse. I had an experience in Bangkok uh, um, uh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I was up early. Uh, I was down near Khao San Road, if anyone knows Bangkok. And they were setting up for the morning market, you know, all the fruit stands and the food stands. And I mean, first, so first off, great place to eat in the morning. But I saw a guy, uh, no legs, no shirt crawling to his fruit stand across the dirty, gravelly street and through the marketplace. And I watched him for a while. And when he got there, he was smiles. He was happy. He had a great time serving fruit to his customers. And guess what? He does that every single day. Nobody helps him. He has no legs. He sells fruit and he's happy. So my worst day is a million times better than his best. So really being fortunate for, for what you do have and, and seeing that, you know, even if you do think it is a bad situation, it really isn't all that bad for what it is. In most circumstances, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us, it's so easy to get into that sense of feeling sorry for yourself. And it's a very natural state of being because we're, we're built that way. The, the only challenge with it is and again, this comes back to awareness. If you get to a place where you feel sorry for yourself, who are you focused on in that moment? You're focused on yourself. And if you can break that cycle, because where that cycle leads, if, if left to its own devices, is a downward spiral where you feel more and more sorry for yourself. You wake up feeling bad the next day and you continue to shoot yourself in the foot and that day's even worse. So the, the first thing we want to do is break that cycle. And I've always found that Thinking about service is such a great way to do that because as soon as I move my focus away from me and I focus on, okay, let me take a deep breath here. Let me get centered. What is my mission? What is my purpose? Are there tens, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there in pain in their life that I am failing to serve because I'm just too caught up in my own bullshit? And wouldn't it be what kind of person am I if I don't snap out of this and get focused on my mission of helping all those other people? Yeah, it, and that's something that I think most people lose sight of is that you, a lot of your purpose and your meaning in life isn't coming from yourself. It's coming from what you're doing for others. And yeah, yeah. you make the mistake of forgetting that. Well, you know, sometimes it can be a little confusing because if you work for a nonprofit or you're a volunteer, it's very black and white that you're out there, you know, really, really giving yourself to other people on a daily basis. And when you're, when you're selling a product or, you know, selling a service as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's hard to tell exactly what that is. You know, I, I very intentionally move myself in the direction of a business where I can very tangibly, when I get my, my check-ins from my guys at the end of the day, it's easy for me to say, okay, the way that I showed up and the way that I worked today literally helped make people's lives better and that's awesome. But, you know, let's take, uh, let's take another example. Let's take uh, uh, somebody who's a copywriter, you know, some kind, some kind of digital marketer. Let, let's actually take like somebody who runs Facebook ads, okay? I think it's a really good example. How are you helping people? Well, I guess you're helping your client to make more money 
by running ads that reduce the cost per acquisition and get your product service in front of the right kind of people. But let's flip it a little bit. There are people out there in the world, if you're choosing your clients right, with integrity, who need the product or service being sold. And it's your job, because your client can't figure out for themselves, it's your job to take their message, take their product, what they do, out into the marketplace so that you can help them find the people who need their help. And when you take that view, it stops being about yourself and you can go to bed at night feeling really good about what you do. I, I think that makes perfect sense. And that's an interesting way to spin it because at first you're looking at just, oh, you know, I'm putting these ads out there and yeah, my clients make more money and maybe I'm helping them a little bit because they can put food on the table at night. But you're not really impacting the masses. You're impacting the 12 or 15 people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. a really cool way to kind of spin it and realize that you really are helping a ton of people. You just have to look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, and you know, a common objection to that philosophy is that, okay, I'm looking at my clients that I have right now. Let's continue the example of Facebook Marketer. I'm looking at my clients right now, and I'm not sure what they're selling is really helping people that much. So should I just quit? Well, no. Here's what you do. You recognize it. You recognize that you're at that point in your career where perhaps you can't be as picky about who you work, work with as you'd like to be. And you do a great job, you drive forward, you grow your business until you start to be able to pick and choose. And then you consciously start to select clients and demand clients whose mission you believe in. And then life is better. But maybe there's some work to do between here and there, and that's okay. That makes perfect sense. Well, this has been a really cool conversation, and I'm sure that we could go on for hours and hours about, like, I'm always curious to hear about, like, hand-to-hand -hand combat and close-quarter survival stuff. I was always watching the TV shows about it, and actually, one of my roommates is a Krav Maga instructor, which I'm sure awesome. you've heard of. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, this, is, this has been really cool. What is the best way for people to learn about Warrior Protocol training? I know you've got some cool stuff that you give away. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, warriorprotocol.com is my website. It's in constant flux. Um, you know, I, I change things kind of as and when I want, which is another great thing about being uh, your own business owner. But that's a good place to find me. Um, I'm on Facebook pretty consistently. So a great way to connect, and people have done this many times in the past, is to either friend me on Facebook, follow me on Facebook, Simon Smart, uh, or Warrior Protocol, fire me a message if you want to chat, uh, or fire me an email at simon at warriorprotocol.com. Uh, like I mentioned earlier on in the interview, I am, uh, I'm all about getting down and dirty with people. Um, I certainly uh, like to offer people you know, 45 minutes of my time to help them to get clear on their struggles and solutions. And, um, you know, it's something that I love to do. So if somebody's listening to this interview and they're, they're resonating, they're vibing with some of the energy, some of the mission that I have, um, reach out to me. I'd love to try to make myself available as best as possible. Cool, man. Well, it's been great speaking with you, and I definitely look forward to talking to you in the near future. And well, Absolutely, I will, I will yeah. have to email you tomorrow. So the note's done. That's happening. Yeah, I'll make a note for myself if I haven't heard from you. Uh, I'll be on your case. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for the invite. I really am honored to be here, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted